Okay, so we made it. <laughs> and we're back another week. Yep. This week we're going to talk about grants in the Web3 space. I haven't done a lot of grants, but Zane has, so we're probably going to ask Zane what he thinks about the whole grants system and how it works in not just the Ethereum ecosystem, but other networks like Near, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So it's been kind of interesting about like grants and what their focus is. So I guess over the past, wow, I don't know, three or four years, the pandemic really distorts time. <laughs> I've been in the Web3 ecosystem dealing with grants. So at ETC Labs, I was on the judging side or the accepting of grants because we used to be a grant issuer, so I would see these proposals coming in. And then on the individual side, when I left labs, I started applying for grants myself. And even when I was at labs, I started applying for grants. So like it should yeah, be- Lots of experience on both sides of the train there, yeah? Yeah, for sure. So I think I get it from both perspectives on like the grant process and like what is a grant and how all that shakes down. Yeah. So I'm just going to rock the intro music and we'll get back to talking about grants. Awesome. All right. So let's, yeah, let's talk about grants. So I think one of the first things I wanted to ask you about grants was like, what really, what really got you started in, in grants? Like, what was like your first kind of project? What propelled you into the world of having grants and seeing what the ecosystem has to offer in terms of grants? So I would say... First exposure to grants was really, I would say, working for the ETC Labs Accelerator. And so there I was in this weird position and, of... Sorry, ETC there is Ethereum Classic, right? Ethereum Classic. So this is not yeah. Ethereum, but the fork of Ethereum that spun off after the DAO hack. The original um, Ethereum, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> The original Ethereum pre-fork <laughs> shenanigans. And it's still kicking today. But the dev team is consolidated into other people, etc. And the accelerator spun down. But at the time, this was during the downturn of 2018. And ETC, the original chain, just didn't have the price volatility that like Ethereum had. So it didn't shoot up to $2,000 and then fall to 200 or 300 whatever the fall was at that time. And ETC Labs was somewhat like flush with cash for the ability to do investments, to stimulate the Web3 ecosystem, and to become like large players in it. So basically, they put out a grants program just like an announcement and a call for like grant submissions. And typically the way a grant works is 
you ever say like you're going to create something for a particular vertical or ecosystem. So I think from the accelerator's perspective at one particular time, they were really interested at various points in various sort of initiatives. And that could be like, okay, we're interested in Web3 gaming. Who's like trying to build a video game on the blockchain? And I think this is like 2018. Or it would be, okay, we're interested in payments providers. Who's trying to do something interesting in payments that we'd like to see? And then the other one is like at this other kind of grab bag, which is do something interesting on our chain because we want people to interact and have like great volume of that. So I would say my first exposure to grants was on the complete opposite side of that. And that is seeing sort of the pitches roll in and see what the requests for like funding or allocation were. And that in itself is its own like sort of process. On the flip side of that, I would say... Let's just focus there for a second. Okay, yeah. What was like some major takeaways from being on that side of the chair, like being able to, like having to read through the grants and approve them and, and that, that kind of thing? I would say that like the submissions themselves widely vary and then the everything. Yeah. So like some submissions or proposals will be highly detailed and highly structured. Others will be wildly speculative or just like a one page, like blurb of things of intent, et cetera. And like part of that was due to the way that we had like our submission process and format which I think was just like a very simple Google Docs type or Google Forms type form. And so that would be a part of the intake. And then another part of that was to have a slide deck for the like sort of accelerator, like grant providing process. And so like part of that was to see if you would be a good fit to come to San Francisco, I think spend a week or something there in town. And then we'd talk about what kind of tooling to get you onboarded into that particular ecosystem and get projects going. And I would say that a lot of different projects, some had traction, some didn't have traction. And sort of the most marketable things are from the receiving end of it, once you've seen like how some of these grants played out in terms of the proposals that you say yes to and the proposals that you say no to, it really is kind of a testament to the quality of the team versus how much like traction you may have like right there in the moment. So even if you're like low on traction, I would say the most important thing or the most striking thing that stood out from the like sort of reading of the proposal side is like how uh, intention or thought out the idea was in terms of how it could have impact for the ecosystem. So for the grants that were coming in, for labs anyways, one of the criteria that I would use is, this is a great technology, or maybe this is very speculative, but what would be the impact for us saying yes to this? Would it mean that we would have more transactions on the network, which is one of the things that we were trying to do. So. Our focus was to build value for the Ethereum Classic network. And so 
we were like looking at it from that like long-term perspective, would this generate interest? Would it generate transactions? And just say, okay, this chain is like a valuable. So like maybe a lot of focus on the why and also the how is maybe how you determine like a, a decent submission. Yeah, I would say that. And then sometimes it's also a bit about radical ideas or things that you think could be like valuable in the future. And like part of it, I think now, like having been, let's say, two, three years out from some of those times of like proposals and seeing some of these projects have gone to other networks and I won't name them. But the as for some of the projects were like large or small, but the impact that they had years down the line was much greater than like the impact that they were having in that moment. Some of it, I think to be like good at being, I don't know, a grant enabler is to also evaluate the quality of the team in terms of who are the people that are going to be interacting in your ecosystem and what's going to a stronger community and a stronger network. So yeah. yeah. I think the time timing as well, like at that time, I think that was like after crypto kitties, but like before Beeple sold (laughs) for like 69 million or whatever. So it was like this post DeFi lull where NFTs existed, but there wasn't like any kind of like boom around it or anything so like when you'd come across nft marketplaces and other things like what was your thoughts on those at the time so like when i came across it i was Was highly across the table i'm not saying like names or anything i'm just (laughs) in general yeah across the table i would say that if there had been an integration or we had had the stomach for say investing more in the speculative like sort of nft marketplace area then i think etc could have been in a better position definitely in the future just because like at that time you got to think that everyone is like looking for funding and so people were just like looking for any opportunity to stay afloat and so it was to see the quality of projects that were coming but like the nft marketplaces that came towards like our direction at that time were highly speculative affairs that didn't look like they were going to necessarily make it to next year but like very wrong on that so i would say like if i could go back in time i would tell the other version of myself to not look so deeply at what's happening right now but to speculate a little bit harder on the future because those projects panned out in a big way that you couldn't even imagine. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's like good advice to take away when we're talking about like how, like what you should accept in grants, like those like pie in the sky ideas maybe sometimes do pan out in at least web three, right? Even if, the idea has been around, like NFTs, for example, right? Like CryptoKitties was around for a while and then NFT marketplaces like skyrocket, like say what, like a year and a half, maybe even two years. Yeah. Later. 
It um, was a long run. <laughs> so it wasn't like anyone like just invented NFTs and like everything started popping off. Yeah. It's very interesting to think about that when you're judging projects. So yeah, yeah. I think so yeah, I'd now, say sorry, I was gonna I was gonna move on and ask you about like maybe your first one on the other side of the table and maybe what you learned from that. Okay, so I'll talk about my first two. So the first one was actually a Filecoin grant that I wrote. I think you're a co-author on that. <laughs> but, could be, could but be. Basically, the way that, that had worked out was that Filecoin had a grant system. I think maybe they had done maybe their first or second round of grants. And so they had an idea of things or verticals that they wanted to sort of fund. But it was really a question of what would satisfy uh, Filecoin's needs for contributions or for ecosystem benefits. And so we at the time didn't really even know this, but they really wanted something to help with the documentation of Filecoin. It just so happens that we were developing technology to help document like RPC APIs. So we ended up having a conversation with some people from the Filecoin ecosystem and then came around to this idea that maybe them knowing about like OpenRPC, our project, could be beneficial to them. I think we talked about OpenRPC as a potential thing. And then I can't recall, I think we talked about service router which was a way for getting people to run sort of these RPC nodes like grid or something like that, or frame. I can't remember what one of those like Ethereum projects were, but basically to make a button press to go and install the software and keep it running and then to like fire and forget as a single independent client. And so after those conversations, we realized that they were really interested in this like documentation thing. So we got the gang together, and I think I needed to write it in one day. So a grant doesn't really need to be take you like eight years to write. You just need to have the right idea. And so the idea was to pitch the budget. So most grants, you end up needing to set milestones. So you set your own milestones, and you say, okay, is this going to be one month, two months, three months? Then you say, okay, how many hours are you going to spend on it? And then you say, what's your budget going to be? And then the two sort of major things that you tend to write, and these were things I had to learn, of course, and I learned just by looking at the other grants that were successful in the Filecoin ecosystem. And so what they had you say was, okay, why do you think that this is going to have a positive impact on like Filecoin and like what is this project? So we wrote like essentially what was the summary of like OpenRPC and its impact. And then I wrote like why this is important for the ecosystem and how I think it's going to help Filecoin grow. So they issued us the grant. I think we set that on a three-month schedule because at this point I'm still working full-time for ETC Labs. And this grant isn't quite my own because... It's a little bit conscripted under like the accelerator, the investment labs, more or less like 
umbrella, but I'm writing it on behalf of the company. So I, I wrote that grant and then they got back to us, I think maybe about a month later and then said, hey, congratulations, you got the grant. And so then that's your own shit moment. We got to go and build it. In the first bit there, I think I would say at least what I picked up there was like that what you're doing is important, but also the milestones that you're setting for that is also like pretty critical for the grant, like on both sides of the table, right? Yeah, on both sides of the table. So as the reader of the milestones, what you're really looking for is someone that's not like really BSing you. So you never want to like really fund someone that's promising the world because it just feels like unrealistic. <laughs> and then the other thing is that you want to see that a person has like a game plan for delivering this awesome product or this future tool, that kind of thing. And when you're writing it yourself, you don't want to really put yourself in a corner. So you want to try and have things that are very clear and direct deliverables. And you want to try and avoid the temptation to oversell how much you're going to get done because you're going to want to be able to just like actually produce the goods. So that way you can check the milestones off. And typically the way a grant works, because a lot of things can go like crazy in between, is that each milestone you get paid and like you only get paid for delivery. So let's say that you work up the milestone two, but never get to milestone three. And let's say a lot of crazy stuff happened, the product's no longer viable, then that's just it. Everyone cuts ties, you're done at milestone two, there's no milestone three. So the milestone's like very critical and like only, it's not like OKRs, right? You don't want to make it like almost impossible to do, right? You want to make these milestones very doable and realistic. Yeah, you don't want to reach. So it's not your time to set stretch goals. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's like kind of an interesting like aspect of it from the producer side. And I would say the first grant I wrote for like myself as an independent entity was kind of different in the sense that uh, it was on like Gitcoin, which is probably a way a lot of people like find their way to grants. And so what I ended up doing there was they had a competition where I had to write a proposal for inclusion for the grant. So a lot of ecosystems will have you write a pre-proposal that's publicly posted on a forum or some sort of place for people to come in and have eyeballs on it and say, oh, this is a good idea or not a good idea within the ecosystem. And so you end up writing like your pitch And then the second sort of phase of that is to then write a sort of grant proposal document, which will include the why, the what, and the why it's important, and then the how. And that's like your game plan for how you're going to do it, and then some milestones and your budget for it. So on that first one, I would say I definitely (laughs) underquoted because you get nervous. But I would say don't get nervous, just quote yourself a fair rate and like I regretted it because it then made me super anxious because I was I felt like I was doing a lot of for not as much as like I should have been billing for but what turns out 
to be the case. I didn't really quite crack this at the time. They did a quadratic funding round at the end where they would match. And it ended up being that my project ended up like winning essentially the round. Nice. So I ended up doing substantially better and being very happy with the end result of that product. And so I would say that was like the grant writing process. And then like being in the grant was like a different feeling altogether. So the way that it works, and it, this doesn't work in all cases, and I would say Cartesi has had a better experience for a grant process in the sense that it was much more high contact than what I had gotten in other locations. And so that is a, like a blessing and a curse because the way the grant was written and what it was doing, it was to be like a package manager for their ecosystem. I ended up interacting with the dev team a lot more, but then that meant that like at points in time, there's some pushback on the direction or the roadmap of my own grant. <laughs> okay, interesting. So it's, uh, so it's, oh, I felt the pressure a little bit of, I've written this grant, I have these clearly defined milestones, but after we're talking, maybe these milestones don't make sense. We'll adjust things. We won't adjust things. And so that was a little bit tricky for me to navigate um, because like the scope expanded. And then I came to this realization that, wait a minute, I wrote this grant. We have all of these things clearly specced. I should just trust my own vision for this product and then convince them as like a partnership that like, okay, this is going to work out if we like do this together. And so we don't need to like throw out the baby with the bathwater to like get this going. And so we did that very successfully. I would say like working with the team, once that mindset got into my head that I don't just have to jump and do everything that they're saying because like the milestones on the hook, it's more a working relationship and a partnership to try and achieve something within the ecosystem. So the way I see it now is like all of these grants should be working that way and like that kind of symbiotic relationship. And if you keep that in mind when you're working in your grant, then you'll be good. Yeah, so, I, think, I think that's a great takeaway. Like it's a two-way street there. Don't just accept everything that is coming down the pipe because you should definitely trust in the milestones and the grant that you've laid out for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And so it is like a bit of a give and take because they had good ideas that I had overlooked that was like made sense for the milestone. And then some of them were a bit of a stretch goal that you'd see if you were more like embedded into the ecosystem, more as a, as a, like, as a like person on the inside versus a person on the outside, which is kind of an interesting dynamic as like a grantee holder. You're sometimes like, and a slightly more privileged position and sometimes not. So it really is ecosystem dependent on like how much support you get there. Right. Like in some of these smaller chains, there might be more uh, outreach, more maybe try and influence the grants and the milestones, but on like maybe a larger chain, where there's like a lot more, it might be more, yeah, more of what you put in your grant proposal. 
Yeah, I would say it's easier to get lost in the shuffle of allocations and like grants and things like that. So yeah, it's really like a, a very much give and take there. Yeah, well, I think we got like some great takeaways from from grant proposals and learnings from you. Have any like last takeaways before we? Yeah, for sure. I would say this: if you are a grant giver, I would say it's okay to be wild, be speculative, think about who you're inviting into your ecosystem, and just make it a warm and welcoming place for that. And then as a grant writer, I would say stay true to your vision and be flexible, but also try and view it as a partnership. (laughs) It's a two-way street. And always quote what you think the project is worth in terms of your time. Yeah, I agree. And everyone will be happy on the giving and on the receiving side. Yeah, awesome, man. We'll see you again next week. See you next week. Peace.